This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. Freaky Friday, my partners on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm Jay Severin, and it just occurred to me that if we want, we could have a penis transplant update every day. Technically, because all I need to do is post Bill Clinton's travel schedule. Excelsior. Welcome back, my broadcast partners and my friends. I am Jay Severin. We are together, together, the Blaze Radio Network, one 3393 one 888-900-3393. It is the U hotline. It's open as every day, and the same guarantees apply. You must remember this. No, I I don't need to sing that song right now, right? (laughs) And via Twitter, at J-A-Y underscore S-E-V-E-R-I-N. The A, no, the story of the day within the enormous colorful tent of the Civic Circus Maximus is this. As we speak, Right now, Donald Trump is on stage addressing the annual convention of the National Rifle Association, of which I have been a member for many years. And membership, by the way, is a good good thing, in my view. But the important thing to know is that most people perhaps don't realize you are not most people but most people perhaps do not realize that for every actual member of the NRA there are probably 10,000 more who support the agenda and the principles of the NRA it's almost in in a, in a bizarre sense, it's almost kind of a good news that the NRA is still seeking members. The, the, the reason they don't have more is we still have a comfort level about our constitutional protections. And I guarantee you that if Hillary Clinton were to be elected, She would continue the anti-constitutional 
anti-Second Amendment uh, jihad of Barack Hussein Obama, who just never got there. But what he really wanted to do was to wipe out by anti-constitutional methods. He wanted to wipe out the Second Amendment, the second of the Bill of, Bill of Rights. He wanted to ban guns. You know it. I know it. Uh, honest liberals know it. And I know because they have both admitted it to me uh, at one time or another. The NRA is holding its annual convention and... It is going to surprise and perplex a lot of never-Trumpers, especially those who are never-Trumpers, formally or otherwise, by virtue of their belief that Trump is truly a closet liberal. You know, just waiting for the opportunity to spring his closet liberalism on us. It will perplex never Trumpers, especially of that stripe, to learn that the headline or not, depending on what biased mainstream media source you may view, is that Donald Trump is not merely addressing the National Rifle Association today, their annual convention. Donald Trump is there to receive their endorsement for President of the United States, their endorsement. And when Wayne LaPierre announced the endorsement of Donald Trump, all 10,000 men and women and many adolescents, a lot of kids there, big family event, 10,000 men, women, and children of all political stripe, by the way, rose as one and cheered wildly the endorsement of Donald Trump. I will not let you down. I am honored by this endorsement. I will not let you down, said Trump. And he said... We're going to make our military what it ought to be, what it has always been, not what some people have let it become. I'm paraphrasing him. And then he ended it with, nobody is going to dishonor what we fought for and no one's going to push us around. They, the the house camera, the pool camera, which was covering this, took various shots of the audience. They were all on their feet. And virtually everyone had had tears welling in their eyes. They were applauding wildly. Now again, I know never Trumpers, and I don't mean this in any mocking or critical way. Uh, you, I, I, you, if you've been with me more than half an hour total, uh, you know that I'm not. I'm not mocking. I question, but we question everything. I guess. These, the core of the core of American patriots, the people who attend, who pay and travel at their own expense to go on vacation, and you know what their vacation is? They go to the National Rifle Association annual convention. 
this suggests accurately an impression of how important to them the Second Amendment is and the Constitution in general. Well, that's the kind of crowd we're talking about. These are the kind of fellow citizens that we're talking about here. I guess they figure, and, and you, you, know, you think about it, who would be never Trumpers? And six months ago, if you and I were on TV and we were in separate boxes, you know, I would say I think Trump has a good for, forget his record or what he once said about, you know, limiting how big your guns can be or how many they can be and all of that. I think he stands a pretty good chance on balance because they're never the NRA again will favor any challenger any challenger over someone they know despises the Constitution in general and the Second Amendment in particular, which would be uh, you-know-who. So, you know, I would have said he had a pretty good shot. Never Trumpers would have said until today and maybe even tomorrow would say, no, you know, you can't trust Trump and uh, you can't trust him on guns. And again, my question would be, so you can trust Hillary? Well, yeah, you can trust her. You can trust her to ban the Second Amendment by fiat. By executive order, you can count on Hillary Clinton to take away uh, America's guns. Yeah, you can count on her. You could trust her. You could trust her to do that. And so the members of the NRA, like your honored privileged and grateful host right now seem to feel the way your host does. And that is a calculated comparative risk of perhaps deep and maybe even significant disappointment calculated risk of that disappointment is a better bet than the certainty of communism and ruin, which we know We know, we don't have to suspect or wonder or worry or guess, we know that's what Hillary is. But then again, my party, such as it is or was, does not yet have a nominee. So I don't have a nominee, I don't have anyone to vote for. But I will be voting for the nominee of what was, anyway, the Republican Party. But back to the NRA... There are just a couple things, the NRA, and why they're standing up and screaming and crying and cheering, and why, I admit, somewhat surprisingly, are very early in the political calendar than is traditionally so, offering the endorsement of the National Rifle Association to a New Yorker, to Donald Trump. There are a few things about that still worth mentioning, and in a moment, I will. The Jay Severin Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. This is the Jay Severin Show. I was just my partners concluding a tweet, which I'd like to share with you here on the Blaze Radio Network. I am Jay Severin. You're my partners. The number one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Trump is right now addressing the National Rifle Association, whose endorsement, whose extremely enthusiastic endorsement, he is formally and informally receiving. The, the NRA has five million formal members, and about one hundred plus million who support their agenda. And when you honestly define their agenda as supporting the Constitution of the United States, because that is their quintessential agenda, then they probably have about 250 million, quote unquote, members of people who will actually vote. How many do believe in the Constitution of the United States? Irrespective of the party they belong to or their fundamental political philosophy of the men and women who actually vote, how many support the Constitution of the United States? I hope all of them, because if you don't, you oughtn't be voting. You oughtn't be allowed to vote because only patriots, only patriotic Americans, not domestic enemies of the Constitution, should be allowed to vote. I would certainly work the rest of my life ardently to constitutionally pass via a constitutional amendment, which is the only medium which would make it constitutional, I would work the rest of my life for free to pass a constitutional amendment making two classes of Americans, one that votes, one that doesn't. Illegal immigrants wouldn't uh, ever Felons, convicted felons of violent crimes, wouldn't ever, which was supposed to be and now is rotting away. Anyone who did not sign as part of their voter registration slip a statement that they unequivocally believe in and support the Constitution of the United States of America, and yes, that means all of it, uh, would not be allowed to vote. I'd also support voting tests, by the way. If you walk in soaking of your own urine and you don't know what planet you're on, like if you if you come in and, and someone is standing there reeking and you're about to cancel out my vote, there should be a means test and you should have to say, on what planet do you reside? That one would be open-ended. I don't think we'd give choices on that one. I think you'd have to answer that one unaided. On what planet do you reside? In what country are we right now? Would you say right now it is night or day? 
Um, what office are you voting for today? What, what you're here to vote, we presume for somebody. We don't want to know who. We just need to know if you know what office they're seeking. Little things like they like. Can you? Can you? Okay, we leave that at that. I want to respond to this Twitter. Uh, someone, I'm sure well-meaning, repeated the canard that Trump said he doesn't need conservatives to win. And so the canard in this forum was repeated as, gee, that's odd, you know, Trump's speaking to the NRA, they're conservatives, and he said he doesn't need them. Well, number one, right off the bat, I would move for dismissal because he didn't say he doesn't want them said he didn't need them in order to mathematically win. But it's more important that we understand what was really meant, because uh, if you're honest, and I know you are, you know that this quote uh, is and has been abused utterly out of context and out of its intended meaning intentionally by people who do not believe in the truth because they're afraid of the truth. A lot of them are never Trumpers. Not all of them, but a lot of them. What Trump did mean, and if you go back and, you know, actually look at it and know how and where and when and why it was said, this was a a particular response to movement conservatives, specifically, uh, example, Jay? Yes, an example, like the National Review, like when the National Review came out with a cover piece saying, you know, never Trump, and here's why. And, and and when Trump was bugged about it for weeks, he still bugged about it, he said, look, look, <clears throat> the, very, the very essential virtue of my campaign is that I appeal to people who are not necessarily conservatives or even Republicans. All of these polls are showing that a lot of Obama voters are intending to vote for Trump, not for Clinton. It's just our Blaze Radio microphones were there when this news was delivered to Hillary Clinton. And I think it was before it was dark out. It was still still daylight, so they had to just lift the lid of the coffin a little bit and slide the microphone in there because she can't come out until it's entirely dark. And you'll know why. <laughs> what Trump meant was, okay, you know, that's great. But look at the states where I'm winning, where Republicans never win. That's the strength of my campaign. And therefore, I don't need the conservative movement as such. He did not say or mean, I don't need individual conservatives, people who regard themselves as conservative. He does need them. That would mean me and many of us. He does need us in order to win. He knows that. That's not, it is, it is spectacularly dishonest to suggest that what Trump was saying was, if you're a conservative, I don't want you. I don't need you. That had utterly nothing to do with the context or intentional meaning of what Trump said. And I am defending it, I'm explaining it, not to stick up for Trump. I'm doing it to stick up for Veritas, for the truth. That's what Trump meant. He meant that the National Review, 
you know, that organized groups of never Trumpers like the National Review or certain conservative organizations, one of which you might have thought six months ago would be the National Rifle Association, though it wasn't and it isn't. Anyway, that's what I wanted to clear up about this this canard, this red herring, this uh, there's a technical term lie that's being told about one of the candidates. And if a lie were being told about uh, Clinton and I were aware of it, I might not open the show with it, but I would mention it because Veritas is what we do here. Now, there are still a couple of things not particular to the National Rifle Association, but absolutely sparked by Trump's appearance there this afternoon and by what's happening there that, absolutely require uh, our consideration and i hope your comment here on the blaze jay severin the blaze radio network And partners on the Blaze Radio Network, I have an alert for you. Uh, According to Fox News and other national sources, there has been a shooting on in the White House driveway. Now, by that, I do not mean the little tiny asphalt semicircle that runs underneath the portico which so often you see on television, you see microphones out there when someone exits the White House, a presidential meeting, or dignitaries arrive and depart, and the Marines uh, attend to them, and the car comes under the portico. Not that little driveway that's absolutely contiguous, physically contiguous to the White House. No, this is uh, the West driveway. I mean, the White House obviously has these roadways on a couple different sides, and they are very much guarded. You can't get into them. I mean, you you drive. Are you kidding me? You can't walk in them. They're in, they're inside a, and I know this from experience, having had the blessing, privilege of uh, uh, been in the White House many times on uh, official business, and the the all of all of the means of access to the White House and and even anything else, you know, all its perimeters, all its interiors are heavily guarded. Uh, they, they cleared the White House lawn, which I don't know, you know, I, a precaution, I always kind of snicker a little bit when I see that. Uh, a moment ago, they put up a screenshot of the White House lawn and they say White House lawn cleared and they show the White House lawn. And then suddenly two squirrels like hopped around uh, inside the camera frame. And I was just thinking, this is the age of entertainment. And I was wondering, you know, suppose they let loose, suppose an, uh, an overzealous uh, Marine sniper let loose for, or a Secret Service sniper let loose from the roof of the White House with a grenade launcher or a 50 cal, you know, at the squirrels. It would make great TV, that's for sure. Anyway, I probably oughtn't yet be joking about this because we don't know whether a shooting's occurred. 
uh, the president is in no danger, uh, nor is anyone else that we know of. But there are apparently not just gunshots, but according to Fox, a shooting. And and that, that would mean of a person in journalistic parlance. So we will keep you uh, right up with that. Uh, meanwhile, I will, uh, I'm just going to finish this real quick and then go to Toby. Toby is with us, but right now I want to finish this. Donald Trump has just been endorsed by the National Rifle Association. I guess that bunch of liberals, that bunch of spaghetti-spined people who don't really know what they believe, I guess the 10,000 members of the NRA that were wildly and the other 100 million that support them and their agenda and this decision don't know what, you know, don't know what's good for them, but they've endorsed Donald Trump and they figure at least they, I don't know what they're thinking, but they figure he is on balance a pretty good bet, huh? Because, you know, these NRA folk definitely are attracted to, to liberals, Right? Postscript. On the NRA podium was the inspirational sight of an African-American police sergeant in uniform, beautifully singing the national anthem. And he had the entire place on their feet, cheering and chanting. It was a beautiful thing. And when I hear about slobs like Black Lives Matter, and I say slobs because, I mean, they're intellectually slovenly. They are patriotically slovenly. They are constitutionally slovenly. Uh, they are domestic enemies of the Constitution of the United States. I'm a member of Blue Lives Matter. I'm a member of your life matters. My family's lives matter. Hashtag. Okay, and while we speak of it, guns, and we don't often, I don't often, and I probably ought more often to do so, because, you know, truthfully, I don't think a lot about guns. I enjoy going shooting. I don't hunt, but I enjoy going shooting. I'm very enthusiastic, uh, target shooter. It's great fun. Uh, I enjoy it, all of that. Gun owner, enthusiast, I don't know if I'd call myself an enthusiast, but I guess, you know, it's just that I don't, it's not something I think about a lot. Although I rarely go out of the house without uh, packing heat. So while we're speaking of it, and since I don't speak of it, and because it's much more than whether you have a gun, it's whether or not you're a patriot. Yeah, it's whether or not you're a patriot. Let me say this. And do tell me what part of this, Toby or anyone who follows Toby, tell me what part of this is flawed in logic or in constitutional law as you understand it. One cannot be a patriotic American if one does not believe in and support the Constitution of the United States of America, right? And that is the reason, right, that the president has to 
and federal judges et al. have to swear to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign or domestic, which presupposes, does it not, that there is or could be such a thing as a domestic enemy of the Constitution of the United States, right? Okay, if you don't support it and believe in it, you are not a patriotic American. And hence, one who does not believe in and support my right to own a gun, to carry it virtually anywhere I wish to carry it, especially in public, and most particularly to have as many guns as I want in my home to protect my family because Americans now sadly know something that we didn't really know when we were kids. Back in the Leave it to Beaver days, back in the Father Knows Best days, when there was a father and he did know best. That's how I grew up. I knew who my father was. Loved him, respected him, although there was a time in my life that I was such an ingrateful, rueful little bastard that if he had put me in a burlap sack, brought me down to the river and drowned me, there would you could not get a jury that would have convicted him. But I got over that mental illness and got to know and love and worship my father, and he knew it for 20 years before I lost him. But we know something now we didn't know when we were kids. And that is the police. However great and brave they are, and they are, do not and cannot get to our house in time. It's physically impossible. The laws of physics and nature and common sense combine to make us aware of an unsettling fact. If someone invades your sacred home and threatens your family in the middle of the night or under some other circumstance, you can call the police, but the police will not get there until after somebody's dead that can be the intruder or it could be you or god forbid a member of your family and that's what this is all about isn't it the police brave and great cannot be there before the crime occurs but that doesn't really matter Because it's not in the Constitution, because they didn't feel it necessary to even put in something so ridiculously sublime, so self-evident. It's this simple. Anyone who does not believe in and support your right and my right, whether or not you exercise it, it's up to you. I mean, maybe that's why I'm not a gun enthusiast. Maybe, Maybe because I don't march around the street and I say to people, you need to buy a gun. You know, I don't care if you buy a gun. I, 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 I mean, this in this audience, I would feel more comfortable if you had a gun. But most of America, please, God, don't get a gun. I'm safer. The fewer people who actually, ex- the fewer stupid people, okay, 
the fewer slobs that exercise their Second Amendment right, the safer we are. But in any case, if if you do not believe in and support my right and yours to gun ownership, you do not believe in the Second Amendment to the Constitution of the United States, which means you do not believe in the Constitution of the United States, and ergo, you are not and cannot be a patriotic American, period. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Partners, to update you on the White House shooting event, the Chiron title on Fox says shooting reported near White House. Uh, we, we knew that about half an hour ago as reported to you here on the Blaze Radio Network. Just to update you, it's not in the White House. It's not within the iron fence, so to speak, of the White House. But it is within the outer wire, not wire, iron fence Uh, that is part of the White House compound. It is still a highly secured area. No one can be where this shooting is said to have occurred without a high security clearance check by the Secret Service and Marine Guards at those little white houses, those outposts. And that's all pre-done, in case you're wondering. You you show up there, you have to show definitive ID uh, as to who you are, and then you're on a list and everything checks out. Uh, who, who you are, who you're going to see, your social security, every your everything, and they can determine it. It generally takes a couple minutes if they don't know you, and but that this is said to have occurred within, while not the White House. I don't want you to think of someone firing a gun, you know, standing under the portico, uh, you know, entrance to the White House. But it did happen within a highly secure area. Uh, It's known as West Executive Drive. I've been on it many times. Uh, And what we know of the shooting is one casualty, one in custody. We don't even know at this point if that could be the same person. With very, very sketchy details thus far. One casualty, one in custody. We don't know anything else. As soon as it is known, it will be known by you here on The Blaze. One thing that fascinated me in looking at the camera shot they have is that a second ago the camera panned over and in on someone that just for an instant made me blink and say wait a second who's that and it was a a young i'd say 30ish uh, uh but on the on the young side of 30ish uh really cut young man with a full beard, pretty long hair, a cami baseball cap, an automatic weapon, a t-shirt, cami pants. Now he could have almost, without the trained eye, right? He almost could have looked like a protester, given all the stereotypes and everything. But it took my brain about half a second to see the automatic weapon, 
him standing there and him with his Belgian shepherd. And one knows instantly that this is a special operator. This is uh, Navy SEAL or Army Delta uh, the, because they are not only permitted, they are encouraged to grow beards, grow their hair, to look as unlike as possible what they are, which is savagely expert killers. These are the men, and I could say here, and women, but there are no women SEALs. There are no female Delta, and there's a reason. They can't do it. I can't have a baby. I regard having a baby as the most important function of a human being, having a baby and caring for it until it dies. Being the premier caregivers on earth are women, giving life and doing many, many other things as well or better than men. But I don't have to say men and women when I talk about special operators because they're only men. Because only men are men. And only men can do what only men can do. And this picture of this guy with his camis on, but his T-shirt, his automatic weapon, and his dog filled my heart with confidence and made me feel at once safer. Because there's a strong man. Yes, with a gun. Hello, NRA. There's a strong young man with a gun trained savagely expertly to kill my enemy so I can sleep soundly at night. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Friday edition or no, never a dull moment in the Civics Circus Maximus that is the citizenship of you and me, Excelsior. Welcome back, my dear friends, and you are. We are the Blaze Radio Network. I'm Jay Severin. It's the Jaily News, a tragic, comment, a tragic comic presentation of the American experience each day in two act. Act two, White House shooting. Now, again, a bit of a misnomer. It's an irresistible headline, uh, uh, rhetorically speaking, Though there has not been a shooting in the White House. So White House shooting, it's okay. I mean, this still passes because the journalist has to make a buck. Uh, as we've seen, even though they insist that you pay, you put the money on the mattress in advance. If you know where I'm going here. White House shooting, which is actually a shooting which is reported to have taken place on a... 
driveway contiguous to the White House, not on the White House lawn, not within feet of the White House, but within uh, 100 yards of the White House. But but most importantly, uh, more importantly, uh, on and in a very secure area. You can't get to this place walking down the street. You must be cleared to get into this place. And by cleared, I mean... We're not talking TSA here. We're talking about Marine and Secret Service specialists. We're talking about, you know, people who actually know what they're doing. People who can dress themselves in the morning uh, and know their jobs. So this was in a secure area. So White House shooting uh, translates as meaning shooting within a secure area, uh, of the uh, secured area, uh, immediately contiguous to the White House. Now, that's all we know. What we know is one gunman approached what is being reported thus far is one gunman about an hour ago approached a Secret Service agent at the perimeter. Well, wait, I take that back. I don't know. I don't know if it was at the perimeter. Um, but, but very close to the perimeter of the White House secure area, and I think within it, a gunman showed a weapon and aimed it at a Secret Service agent. Secret Service agent, according to witnesses and reportage, ordered him, per procedure, to drop it, freeze, or whatever, you know, this single command they are given to utter is. The Navy SEAL who trained me in shooting and marksmanship and home protection uh, gave me a rather different thing to say that he said was absolutely universal. And that was, if I had the drop on someone, it was to scream as loudly as possible, freeze, MF, only not to use the abbreviation and he told me that that would be universally understandable whether or not the uh, the person threatening me was multilingual or literate and that that warning would hold up in every court of law in america but in any case this this would be killer aimed his weapon at a Secret Service agent, ignored the warning of the Secret Service agent to freeze or drop it, and the Secret Service agent drilled him. Uh, He, meaning the suspect, is in custody and in hospital. That's everything we know. Uh, here to Chiron title here on Fox individual was commanded to drop weapon and did not comply. And what do you get? Bibbity bobbity boo. Bang, bang. So see, there are, are some happy endings. Uh, this isn't the ending though, but this is a happy first chapter uh, given that it had to occur at all. But the fact that the secret service agent shot the scumball surely good news i mean to all of us who believe in the you know american way so i just wanted to ask you something part of this report is 
and, and the mainstream media is taking great pains to report this. The president, President Obama, is not and was at no time in danger. I want to stress that. that President Obama is and was at no time in the remotest danger. You know why? Guess. Guess. Come on. Come on. Guess. Where was Obama? Where was Obama that he was in no danger? All right, here's a hint. The only place Obama would have been in, the only circumstance under which Obama would have been in danger is if someone's caddy had gone, had run amok and was on the 14th fairway aiming a weapon at the president. Under those circumstances, he might have been in danger because Obama was where he always is, out of danger. And where is he particularly to be out of danger? Guess, guess, yes, on the links, where he is unfailingly during times of national moment or crisis, playing golf. So the president, you'll be especially pleased to know, was working on his handicap. And you might wonder, those of you who are golfers, what is his handicap? Uh, I've observed that his handicap is trying to run the United States of America. Trying to uphold the Constitution of the United States. That's his handicap. Anyway, he was never in danger. Politically, the person to whom he's trying to hold uh, the reins and hand them over to the White House is in danger. Uh, Let's jump to that for a moment. But first, before we move on, under any other circumstances, we must welcome Toby and thank Toby for the patience displayed during this period uh, of potential national crisis uh, which would be a double bogey by the president. Toby, welcome, and thank you. Thank you, Jay. I, I still got to listen to the show and catch up. I, I'm, I'm once again speechless at uh, your ability to frame these issues. In an insane world, you seem to have a certain amount of sanity. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the I, I was, I mean, I don't know where to start. I mean, this, we, we know within seconds that he was a uh, pro-life, anti-abortion shooter, but we, we, it takes weeks to know that a terrorist attack is a terrorist <laughs> attack, and we'll never know that it was an Islamic terrorist attack. Um, it, I, I believe uh, Toby, there, there Toby, is... Toby, I think with respect... I think with affection and respect, you left out one possible thing that the media will definitely have uh, if they don't have it already or will, will soon have or at least insinuate. And that is, why was this guy not at the NRA conference convention? Yeah. There, do you know they hope more than, any, more than a six-year-old hopes for Christmas morning, the media... Yeah. And the Obama administration is hoping that they find in this guy's jacket pocket a ticket to the NRA convention. Oh, a ticket to NRA convention 
and a uh, absentee voting ballot for Donald Trump. I mean, yes, it, it's yes. Just in case he's in jail or dead, he can still vote for for a Republican. <laughs> I, 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 I just, I mean, I, I keep waiting for them to say that we, we don't know. It could be a Mormon terrorist attack in Egypt. It could be um, possibly some sort of right-wing conservative attack, Egypt, that brought this plane down. We don't know. We don't want to jump to any conclusion. Uh, no, of course. And when they yell, Alu Akbar, when uh, they slaughter people, uh, we know that that's a, a tip-off that this is roaming, uh, roaming gangs of young Protestants. You know, there's there's no question. We've learned from experience. Toby, I must break. Uh, you've yes, been sir. so gracious. I hope you will agree to uh, show more, display more of that graciousness by holding the line, and we'll come right back to you here on The Blaze. This is Jay Severin, Severin. on The Blaze Radio Network. It's the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. With my partners, welcome back, the uh, and dear friends, one 888 Our usual smorgasbord of uh, the Civic Circus Maximus is uh, uh, capped, uh, is, is accented today by a shooting on the secure White House grounds apparently isolated and over with a gunman uh, assaulting a secret service agent that's technically correct by the way even though the secret service agent was unharmed we could talk about that later there's assault and battery and there's assault and there's battery but a gunman assaulted a secret service agent who drilled him when he did not drop his weapon that uh, that uh, intruder, that suspect, is in custody. His condition is unknown. Uh, it is very important to add as a postscript that at no time was the president in danger of birdying the hole that he was playing at that moment. Toby, thank you for waiting yet again, and welcome back. You have the floor, my dear friend. Well, I, I think I think the best part is going to be when Obama leaves the White House and gets his most improved handicap uh, presidential trophy. Um, <laughs> I mean, does this man deserve am I any more from that? I you're right. I mean, he, the presidential wing, or I'm sorry, the bureaucracy is seemingly on autopilot and. He and, this, and certain parts of this country love it, and they are absolutely thrilled about it. And Toby, a man who fact, has lived his life openly despising the system on which our entire history, the entire structure of Americanism is built, which is capitalism, <laughs> small government, individual freedom. 
but to take capitalism in particular, Toby, this is a man who has openly despised the fundamental precepts of our society all his life, but he's expected, I don't know how, I don't know why people still believe this, but a man who despises America and despises the core principles on which it is based, including its constitution, uh, and believes us to be a bad, bad nation, bad people, bad nation, bad nation, go sit in the corner, bad country, that, that he is supposed to be the guy guiding us to progress. I just, I, I think you're dead on right. I mean, I was thinking that exact same thing earlier, that you, you, that he really truly does hate everything this country stands for, uh, free thought, free will, Capitalism, this so-called system that benefits the rich and the elite, and it doesn't help the regular guys, quote-unquote, doesn't help the poor, doesn't help the transgendered. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost... When he goes out of this country, you, we've seen from the beginning, Toby, this is a president... And I find myself even hearing myself say it. It's, it's, it's incredible. This is a president of the United States who is essentially ashamed, is self-consciously ashamed to be an American. Don't you? So that's why constantly we were told, just like Clinton, these are men of the world, not the men of, not a men of America, a leader of the world. And right. Sophisticated. And, and, and to, oh yeah, yeah. And to a certain extent, when whenever he talks about, it, it's like his victories over in Syria, the victory in. And a lot of people, I wish some more people would talk about this. His considered victory in Syria was that we were not drug into an action, a war. We were not forced to do something that he didn't want to do. That he was not forced. I mean, you had people being decapitated. You had people getting their heads chopped off on live TV. And I'm sure the pressure to, quote, do something, anything, was huge. And he resisted that. I'm sure he considered that a victory. To allow it to continue, to allow Iraq and, and these countries to fall into hell and not do anything, he considered that a victory. He believes fundamentally that war is the worst possible thing and anything we can do to avert war even if that means half of a population is wiped out that's okay I, I think it would strengthen your anyway. point as your editor I would presume yes. to suggest the following if you would substitute the word force for war he believes the use of force is oh, icky is fundamentally icky and unsophisticated. I mean, so any coercion, any force, that's why it doesn't matter to be a world power. It's why he is denigrated and allowed to disintegrate the military. That's why the enemy doesn't need a, a CIA, you know, on their end, Chinese intelligence, Iranian intelligence, uh, Soviet intelligence, because they could just watch CNN and see that our pilots have to fly, a Marine pilot has to fly from Beaufort, South Carolina to Denver, Colorado to go to a library where there's an F-15 or an F-18 on display out in front, and he has to go there to take a couple of bolts 
out of the display plane in order to put an active air wing aircraft in the sky. That's that's where we are. That's what our enemy. They don't need an intelligence service. That's where Obama has driven us because he he wants he pictures he has aspired to a world where the use of force, the icky, unsophisticated use of force is passe in his faculty drawing room, uh, Harvard Law School mind. And therefore, rather than wait for it to be so, he has disarmed and weakened us and doomed us because he wants it to be that way so much. He's just kind of forcing it to be that way by unilaterally disarming. I, I didn't even know about that that bolt thing. That does not surprise me in the slightest. True in story. Slightest. In Arizona, that, that we have a we have an aircraft graveyard in Arizona. You can look it up. I believe it was on 60 Minutes last time, uh-huh. but it's the aircraft graveyard. Uh, I don't know which branch of the service runs it. Maybe uh, uh, Secretary of Defense. I don't know. But it's a graveyard of, you know, retired aircraft. Uh, they can't fly anymore because uh, they can't get parts. So we use it as a boneyard to cannibalize parts that we can't get in order to get our planes in the air. Um, I don't think Americans, Toby, begin to have the slightest idea the degree to which, the, the extremely dangerous degree to which Obama has intentionally weakened the United States. When Reagan was president, we were 30 years ahead of the Soviets, 50 ahead of the Chinese, it was said. Guess who's behind now? Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, a partner from the District de Columbia, Jason. Jason, dude, welcome back. Hey, man, how you doing? Well, thank you. It's been a little while. I, you know, I've been actually uh, marveling at the uh, suppression. You know, I looked at that Fox News poll that came out the other day, and on page twelve, it shows that the Libertarian Gary Johnson's polling at ten percent. And it's fascinating how you watch all of the news outlets. Oh, Trump versus Hinton. They're off by two or three percentage points. And that particular poll and the other polls uh, are showing that uh, 20 percent of the population doesn't like either one of them. Yep. I mean, if although anything, in the end, actually... go ahead. although in the end and having uh, not just lived through, but worked professionally through uh, campaigns since 1980, uh, I could tell you that however much initial excitement, Jason, there is, and I'm sure you know this, about third-party candidates or, you know, whatever, you know, uh, other candidates, uh, that by the time people cast votes, and there's no one that was, with very rare exceptions, like Ross Perot, uh, which is the only such exception in American history, virtually, but everybody else like Ralph Nader, very few people ever garnered as much excitement 
uh, as Ralph Nader did as an alternative candidacy. He was like the Bernie Sanders of his time, uh, in a manner of speaking. And he ended up with 2%. Now, it can be enough to swing the election. You know, 1% less can be enough to swing the election. But Gary Johnson ain't going to get 10%. I mean, you know. Well, obviously, what about William Wells? And from Massachusetts, possibly being a running mate. I would say that would guarantee that he's going to get less than 5%. <laughs> and and what would happen if uh, the rumors being true about money coming into the campaign from whether it be the Koch brothers or from yeah. someone else? Heard about that. What, what, would it, well, what would that do? Uh, well, I heard that the Koch brothers have donated, I'm sorry, have promised to donate to the Gary Johnson campaign millions of dollars. Okay, uh, Trump and Clinton are both going to spend in excess of a half billion dollars. Any any paid message or anything else that money buys, nobody like Gary Johnson will ever be able to generate. I mean, the, the Cokes would have to sign over their fortunes, not make a donation. Have there ever been two political candidates running for the Republicans or Democrats that are hated more? No, that I no. Sorry, not that I know of. But Jason, I'm not sure in the end it's going to matter because in the end, what will happen even in this extraordinary year? I don't think this extraordinary year will violate one sort of precept of American traditional politics. And that is, is a point that you people would, will recognize, people will recognize that either the Republican or the Republican derivative is going to, you know, win or the Democrat or Democrat derivative is going to win. I think the most mysterious question right now is that everything that's been visited. And I'd like your comment. You, you're an extremely bright guy. I'd like your comment on this. Everything that's been visited as a burden, like locusts, you know, and the plague on the Republicans so far with all the internal upset and tumult and all of that. Once this settles down, if it does, and if they nominate Trump and and coalesce behind him to varying degrees or with varying degrees of enthusiasm, you know, I I admit. But that's likely to happen, I think. Let's assume for the sake of argument that's what happens. Doesn't it certainly, sorry, doesn't it day by day become more plausible that a curse of locusts, the equivalent, is going to descend on the Democrat Party when it comes to Bernie Sanders versus Hillary? Well, I'll state a political fact. Bernie Sanders supporters and ideology is more closely aligned with Jill Stein of the Green Party than of Hillary Clinton. This is a fact that on every left station, none of them will mention. The the the, the elephant or the donkey in the room is do not <laughs> allow Bernie Sanders supporters to wise up to the fact that they have more in common with the Green Party because, of course, Bernie Sanders was never a Democrat to begin with. Right. And we don't need Bernie Sanders supporters. I'm not saying they're not, you know, Half of them are going to go, what happens if one out of every four Bernie Sanders supporters say, 
I cannot vote for Hillary Clinton. I have major problems. And look, I actually believe half of Bernie Sanders supporters are not hardcore socialist communists. I actually think they're just people that cannot stand Hillary Clinton and the cronyism. Oh, I agree. And the system, the cronyism, I think, is the key word there. It's not that if they were smarter, they'd hate Hillary. But they're not smart enough. They don't know enough yet to hate Hillary. Uh, What they hate is the establishment. They hate the cronyism. Great word. You know, they they, and 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 thus the the big question which you've addressed uh, to a great degree is whether Bernie's voters do they do they because traditionally they don't vote. We always make a fuss over young voters and they crap out every single time. So there's a first time for everything. So maybe the millennials will be the factor in this election. Maybe for the first time. Let's assume so. Sake of argument. Let's assume. Let's 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 posit that. What happens to them, Jason, if Bernie uh, is seen to have been badly dissed? Well, I mean, all you have to do is look at look at uh, Nevada. And there are plenty of people that are going to go away from that event. And maybe maybe not every state, but I'm pretty sure that in the state of Nevada, if you're a Bernie Sanders supporter, the idea of bringing you around to voting for Hillary Clinton, you've probably lost half of those people that were on the fence. Now, for those who didn't follow this, because I I haven't I I didn't shame on me. I didn't really talk about this in detail. I'll let I'll invite you to do it in 30 seconds. What happened in Nevada? Just again, it was nothing more than a political showmanship of, again, what they did with Ron Paul supporters during the Republican Party. No, not so technically, Jason. There was well, a convention, well, I, state 100%, convention. But again, but again, we have the idea that the establishment within the parties are trying to silence those who are Bernie Sanders supporters and, from their perspective, diminish the votes that the average person cast in those ballots. All right. Don't go Which to work for a tabloid, Jason, and I don't think you'll ever need to. But my point was... And what I was expecting you to say was, uh, you're too smart to answer the way I'd hoped. And the way I'd hoped was just a tabloid answer, which was near riot in Nevada. Nevada political convention descends into chaos as Sanders supporters clash with Clinton supporters because they felt they had been ill used. Because that's that's from a political tabloid standpoint. That's what happened. It, it finally happened. The, the Sanders supporters and Clinton supporters got in one big convention center, and the uh, Clintons kept telling all of the Sanders people, as I understand it, and I've talked to people who were involved, they, they kept telling the Sanders people, okay, we'll talk about this on Saturday or Sunday, whatever day it was. We'll do this at the convention. You'll be recognized at the convention. You'll tell us. We'll vote on it. We'll do it there. And so they, they, they yesed them. You know, for six weeks or however long they were objecting, Jason, and they got to the convention and immediately bigfooted them. You know, they just screwed them. They used the uh, Roberts Rules of Order or whatever uh, template they were following to just deny any recognition to the Sanders people and thought that they could just squash them and that that's the way to deal with this. And the Sanders supporters, as you know, uh, nearly nearly staged a riot and their convention if bernie pushes it all the way to the end like he says he's going to could very well end up with a situation like that which they the democratic 
ringleaders are out there right now trying to get everybody. Don't look at our party. Isn't Donald Trump over there? Is that Donald Trump? Is Donald Trump over right. there in the distance? Well, right. wait a minute. If somebody said Trump, you go go over there. Go check that out. The, the bus right. leaving for, for Cincinnati is over <laughs> here. It's not It's not the one. Like a magician, easy. right? Like Absolutely. a magician. A magician has two arms and the kind of magician that's not doing the huge stage act where they saw the lady in half, but the kind of magician that comes out with a, a little, you know, a stool and a hat and, uh, you know, in his tails and he comes out there. He's man. He's taking his right hand and his right arm and he's got it up in the air as far to the right as it can be. And he's waving his fingers and he's saying, look at this, look at this, look at this, with all kinds of stuff going on in his right hand. And meanwhile, he's doing the trick with his left hand. You know, it's called misdirection. And that's what I, the Clintons I, are trying. And in Nevada, it collapsed. It's not working. Jason, not working. I thank you for the call. You are uh, the brightest of the best and brightest. And Jason has been pretty much since the show started. He's the house intellectual. It certainly ain't me. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jay Severin Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. So uh, thank you to Jason and to everyone who calls. I know it ain't easy. This is not an easy show to call. I mean, I I try to make it easy, but, um, you know, this is not to be confused with the the average show where you can just call up and say, "Uh, uh, uh, uh." you know, we ask for an opinion and we question. And uh, you're speaking to the highest IQ audience in radio, I believe. So I think everyone appreciates that. Well, other than the host, I mean, I, we have to average things out. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Today is Friday. See, that's the kind of intellectual delivery you can expect from your host. Uh, today is Friday, and there is another poll. This one comes from the Rasmussen organization, which I know well and is absolutely one of the top best uh, polling organizations in the country, indeed in the world. And the Rasmussen poll of highly likely presidential voters, highly likely voters uh, across the political spectrum, has, get this, Trump up, Trump up, by five. And, and, and all right, shut up now. Uh, up by five, and not only is Trump up by five, Hillary Clinton is below 40%. All right, that's very good, but that's enough. Thank you. Uh, now, Even those are not the essence of the significance of the polling this week. The essence of the polling this week is why this week has been, even though seemingly devoid of big political headlines, 
This has been a huge week in the process, mostly because of the polling or to be as precise as possible because of a series of events that impacted the race, which is reflected in the polling. Because after all, the polling in and of itself means zero, right? A poll is nothing. A poll is only, it's it's like if you're, you don't feel well and you think you have a fever, you you take your temperature. Well, when you take out the little stick, or of course you don't do that anymore. When you stick the thing in your ear and it beeps in one second and it shows you what your temperature is, um, that's the headline, but that's not the story. The headline is that you've got a temperature of 101. That's the headline. The story is how you feel. The story is, I'm sick. Okay? The polls are the, are the temperature, are the barometer. Right? The essence of it is what's happening. Well, the essence of what's happened, and again, it's cumulative. It's not like it started last Sunday, though it does start on Sunday. It's going to start this Sunday again. It's going to quiet down between, well, today's NRA endorsement will be a big story. Beyond that, we won't hear much until Sunday. And you ought to really take a gander at Fox with Harris Faulkner, 7 o'clock on Sunday night. I mean, those guys, Doug Schoen is on that show, and he is on fire. And he says things no one else knows and no one else will say. Doug Schoen will. And he's the smartest guy in politics. Sunday night, Fox, 7 o'clock. And again, I'm not advertising for them. It's not even my network. I'm just being truthful with you. It's, if I don't speak to Doug, then th- that's what I do. I listen to him on Fox Sunday night because he's almost as candid on Fox as he is in private conversations with his, with his best friends. So what happened this week, my friends, is that the cumulative effect and appearance and impression of the national electorate established something that this Monday will be utterly different than it was this past Monday. And that is Trump could win. Last Monday, among the media and the intelligentsia and probably everyone you know, The notion that Trump could actually win was still to be scoffed at. And maybe it's still to be scoffed at. But you know what? As things go, it's really not a scoffable item anymore. Not per these polls. These polls don't say what's going to happen, but they say what could. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.